0: Hi and welcome to Assured by Grace. I'm your host Danny Woodward, and again this week I'm joined by my co-host Pastor Phil Congdon, and we're really excited about this week's talk. Um, if you were here with us last week, uh, and maybe you can go back and, and check on that uh, conversation, we talked about some of the promises of God and and how uh, David, as as a young man, was able to lean on those promises. And to trust in those promises mm-hmm. to help him in a situation uh, with Goliath and we talked a little bit ab- about how you know some of those promises can be applied to to New Testament believers from from the gospels and and how us as believers today can can lean into these promises to give us assurance to to give us to strengthen our faith in our walk today so yeah. today what we're going to do though is is we're going to Maybe look a little more closely at how scripture can actually be mishandled, misunderstood, and, and how, when that happens, some people can, uh, can actually undermine uh, some of the assurance that, that you find in, in God's promises. And Phil, maybe you want to expand on that subject a little bit. I'll turn it over to you. Last
1: week, well, last week we talked about David and Goliath and how David trusted in God's word uh you had shared how a speaker at the men's <clears throat> conference had had said that you know when David went out to face Goliath yes he went out on the power of the lord but he also went out with the foundation that god's word had said something and and he could trust in that right. and, and the trustworthiness of god's word so you know we we talked about that how yes In our lives, um, those promises or the trustworthiness of what God's word says is something that can give us assurance that we can rest on what God's word says. But the question then becomes, what do you do if somebody uses God's word, but as they use God's word, it tends to undermine your assurance? So that now you, you you're reading God's word, and then you hear a teacher, or a theologian, or a pastor who says, or an author you've read you've read an author, and and as you read it, instead of growing in your assurance and uh, being assured without a doubt because of God's grace, you find yourself thinking, I I don't know. So, so we're actually we're we're saying okay, yes, David, he built. He had a strength that was founded on God's word and what God's word had said, and therefore he went out and faced the Goliath of his life, and he faced him with confidence. What about us? Well, what we're going to be talking about today is um, just one episode. In fact, probably in the coming months, I. I think we'll often maybe come to certain passages of scripture and passages of scripture that are used by say some preachers or teachers authors to to suggest that the only way you can be assured that you're going to heaven when you die is if you persevere in your faith until the moment that you die and that right up until that moment if you falter in in any way that that can mean possibly that you're not saved hmm. and and there are two branches here. And so there will be some that are hearing this and they will say, well, yes, I've heard that you can lose your salvation. And then there are others who will say, No, I, I don't think you can lose your salvation, but if you sin in certain ways or or don't do certain good works that you should do, that would show you were never saved in the first place. And that's what we're going to be addressing today. And the, the pastor, theologian, uh, author that we are going to be talking about today is truly one of the best known in the Christian world. His name is John Piper. And John Piper uh, has been a blessing to many. Uh, he's a brother in Christ. Uh, he, he loves the Lord with all of his heart. At the same time, we understand that every theologian or pastor is just a man, and therefore we are all subject to uh we can be led astray we're going to address that today, and what we're going to do the way we're going to do this is i want to read just uh, parts uh of a letter that was was sent to to John Piper and uh this is on John Piper's website desiring god this was an ask pastor John uh episode it's from 2016 and the letter is from a pastor who is is writing he is it's a painful letter it's really sincere he wants to know something and the uh, the title of this um Ask Pastor John is, Can I be sure I'm saved if persevering is the proof and this pastor is who's is a follower of john Piper uh he writes that uh, he knows that John Piper believes that a true Christian is one who perseveres to the end and and we can maybe talk about this a true mm-hmm. Christian in a minute but a true Christian is one who perseveres to the end. And in the sad circumstances where someone professes faith, but then falls away, they were never a true Christian. Now that's uh, a, a quote there that I've just read. And this is John Piper's position. That is a true Christian perseveres to the end. And in the sad circumstance where somebody Uh, professes faith and then falls away, they were never a true Christian. Now, this pastor who writes this letter, um, he then cites examples of pastors who served the Lord for years, and then he writes, quote, but later showed that they were not truly saved by abandoning the faith, unquote. And so, since he says a failure to persevere is possible. His question is this: How much weight can I attach to God's promises? And you can see how this uh, reflects from last week. Absolutely. You know where, where David had absolute faith in what God had said; it was true, and he could rest in that. But here, because we have a promise that if you believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, but You have a theologian, a pastor, like John Piper, who is saying that you can profess the faith and then fall away and show you were never really saved. So this pastor is saying, how much weight can I attach to God's promises? How can I know when it is only when I have run the race set before me that I will truly know that I did persevere and therefore was truly saved. Do you see the issue yeah. here? Well,
0: so so Phil, help me out here. The, the he, he's kind of quoting a verse there at the at the end, just a little bit, right? Now, does that verse say, When I have run the race set before me, I will truly know that I did persevere <laughs> and therefore was truly
1: saved? Yeah, well, Hebrews 12, uh, one. This is the exhortation of the author of Hebrews. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Uh, There is no doubt in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. uh, You don't write something like that to somebody who isn't saved. That's somebody who is saved. That's an encouragement. It would be like saying, you know, uh, to somebody who's sitting in the stands, as they're watching the race. Now, come on, run the race with endurance. And you say, I'm I'm not running the race. So uh, unless a person is in the race, unless they are a believer, that doesn't make any sense. But here you are correct. He is, he is this pastor and I feel his pain. Right. But this pastor is saying, you know, I'm running the race. Uh, I believe this pastor had been in the ministry for maybe 30 years or something. I can't remember what it was, but he says, you know, I'm just, I'm concerned because I'm running the race, but if I don't finish it right, then I would show I was never saved. So, so what is
0: at the heart of the issue here? Where is, where is this pastor getting things mixed up? And, 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 you know, can you kind of take us there? I'm assuming that there's a, there's a little bit more that uh, that we can dive into with where John well, Piper's going there.
1: Well, I, you know, his the, the pastor um, betrays something here. Um, and over and over in, in his question, he says a true Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, what is a false Christian? I, I don't know. You, you won't find that in the pages of Scripture. Uh, a false Christian, uh, a phony Christian. No, you have a person who's a Christian, or they aren't a Christian. They are a believer, or they are not a believer. They have eternal life, or they don't have eternal life. They have faith, or they don't have faith. Uh, so here's a, you know, this this issue that he he shows he he's actually set up for failure because he's read John Piper, unfortunately. And so there's the idea that you, I guess, can be a Christian, but not a true Christian. Now, I will grant that a person can say they are a Christian. That is, they can profess their faith in Jesus Christ, but they are not saved. They can say those words. But that's not what this is really talking about. He's talking about a person who believes in the Lord Jesus. He says, we all know pastors who believe in the Lord. They've served him for years. They've taught the word and then they fell into sin and they showed they were never saved in the first place. And this changes the paradigm from believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved to believe on the Lord Jesus and persevere in the faith and you will be saved. This undermines assurance. Yeah. And that's why the pastor is writing and when he says, how much weight can I attach to God's promises? Because I know his promises, well, I believe them, but and and he's looking at those those other pastors
0: who he loves and who he's he's seen they're them working yeah. throughout the years, and he's seeing yeah. their failure, and he's attaching that to himself. Yeah. So he's 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 judging their their uh, salvation, and yeah. then he's yeah. applying that to himself, which is really the only honest thing you can do. If yeah. You come from that perspective,
1: but, but and he's afraid. Yeah. And uh, and that's not an unhealthy thing, to be honest with you. I I mean. We should all fear what Satan can do in our lives. Mm-hmm. And he has he has awful plans for our lives. So the question now becomes with the granted reality that even a pastor could fall away from the faith. Does that mean that he was never a true Christian? And secondly, how on earth could anybody have assurance of salvation. Hmm. Now, what we're going to do here today is uh, we're going to go back to John Piper's article and we're going to let him answer this question. And we're going to see how comforting it is and also how biblical it is. So uh, if you have your Bibles, if you're at home, you you might want to take them and turn to Romans chapter eight, because John Piper Uh, cites Romans chapter eight, verses 13 to 16. Um, and, And this is what John Piper says. I want you to understand that he feels this pastor's pain and wants this pastor to have assurance of salvation. This is what John Piper writes. He asks rhetorically, do you think God gave all those promises? And he's referring to promises in scripture uh, to his church to keep them guessing. In other words, did did God say, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved"? Did He say, uh, "The good work that God began in you, He will complete until the day, uh, the the uh, day of salvation, or whatever"? In Philippians one six, you know, did God say those things so that we would be doubting? And John Piper says Christians shouldn't feel that way. So to a pastor who is saying, you know, I've seen other pastors who fall into sin and, and I understand that there's a tendency, how can I trust the promises of God? Piper, John Piper says, you shouldn't feel that way. And then the the question then becomes, okay, then how can we be sure? And John Piper says the key to assurance is in the witness of the Spirit in Romans 8, 13 to 16. And he says the first witness, if you will, is that, quote, you will live if you make warfare with sin. That's unquote. That's a quote. You will live, and by that he means that you live Eternally, you can know you are saved if you make warfare with sin. So if the Holy Spirit is leading you into warfare against sin so that you hate it and you look to the Spirit to fight it, this is the testimony of the Spirit that you belong to God. Now, I don't know, do you see any problem with that?
0: I can't say that I do other than the fact that uh when i try to fight sin on my own i typically fall on my face
1: okay well then you do see a problem with that <laughs> because then you don't have assurance of salvation because here here's the thing uh, let's let me just ask you listener do you always do you always make warfare with sin and that's a problem with this the problem with this is not just that you try and fail. The problem is that you don't try. There are some times that we Christians get caught up in the moment and we don't try. So if I say to you, Danny, um, if you make warfare with sin, then you can know you're saved. Then maybe today you make warfare with sin. Maybe tomorrow something happens. And, and Let's face it, there are terrible things that happen in life. Uh, you go to the doctor, and, and he gives you a report that you have terminal cancer. Well, at that point, okay, let's say you falter at that point, and now you're questioning God. Are you making warfare with sin? Well, maybe in that moment, no. And, and then also the question becomes, how much warfare? And what does warfare with sin mean? Does it mean saying, I don't like it? Or does it mean not doing it? And and questions, these questions are, are subjective. So if I were to say for myself, Phil, if you are making warfare with sin, then you can know you're saved. Then my assurance of my salvation is going to go up and down like a roller coaster. One day I may know, or I may think I know, the next day I won't. And let me just say one thing. This pastor, he's a sincere pastor. He knows other sincere pastors who have for years preached God's Word. And then something happened. We don't know. What happened? Did their spouse die? Did Was there a family breakdown? Uh, were they kicked out of a church? Uh, And, you know, something rocked their life, and they fell into sin. And they immediately show they were never saved. You see, this is, it may sound wonderful, and I certainly think that John Piper is right that the author of Romans 8 wants us to make war with sin. The problem is, is that this passage is not talking at all about justification, salvation, eternal life. It is not talking about assurance. And that's the problem. It's taking it out of context. Um, we need to move on. The, the second witness of the Spirit that John Piper finds here is this. Is he crying from the heart, Abba? Father. Now, here is Romans 8. Let's just look at this. Romans 8 uh, 13 says, If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, this is a statement about a Christian life that sin leads to death. It's not talking here about hell, it's talking about death. And that if you live according to the Spirit, you will live. That is, you will have abundant life. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God of God. Now these are words that just ooze with confidence. Mm-hmm. You should read these verses and say, "Yes, I've been adopted. Yes, Abba, Father, you're my father." Instead, John Piper is going to make these verses that are requirements that can lead to doubt. So Piper writes this, quote, "When this cry daddy, father, arises from a heart with the authentic, humble need of a helpless child, craving and desperately in need of a father's wisdom and a father's care and a father's provision and a father's rescue, a ready heart, ready to submit like a trusting child, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Man, unquote. That's a lot of caveats on there, I mean, man. It sure is. There's a ton of stuff there. So I would ask any one of our hearers, any one of our listeners, uh, does that where you measure up? Twenty-four-seven? Not me. I, uh, I think that the reality of life would cause all of us to say, well, I fall short of that, at least sometimes. Uh, And the honesty of my life, I I would have to say, I fall short of that a lot of times. But this is where John Piper leaves this pastor. And remember his question. How can I know? And this pastor says, pastors have served the Lord for years with all these witnesses, only to fall away and show they were never a true Christian. So at the end of this response, what John Piper has said is, you know, to a pastor who says, how can I know? Because I'm serving the Lord. I believe his promises. I'm resting in them. I'm acting on them, I'm teaching the word, but I've seen other pastors who, after doing the same thing I'm doing, have fallen away. And therefore, according to what you say, Dr. Piper, they're going to hell. So how can I trust this? And John Piper has just left him hanging, saying, do you make warfare with sin?" Well, yes and no. Uh, well, okay. Do you have this craving for God? Uh, well, sometimes, yeah, more than other times. You know, Phil, it it kind of goes back to one
0: of our earlier podcasts when you were talking about this some of this the stu- same stuff, right? And and you mentioned how our focus shouldn't be on ourselves for our justification; it should be on Christ.
1: Isn't that, that amazing?
0: And it, and it just, it, here it is again. And we're dealing with yeah. this. Yeah, story. you look,
1: you and I, we can look at our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, and the more I look at my own life, the less I'm looking at Jesus. Yeah. So, you know what? What did Jesus do for me? He died on the cross for my sin. He rose from the dead. And the, the only question I need to ask is Phil, do you believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead? Do you believe? in him my belief in jesus is all the confidence i need because scripture says and here's the promise if you will of god believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved jesus said whoever believes in me has eternal life jesus said truly truly i say to you you hears my word and believes on him who sent me has Eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life, not maybe will have if he continues, but has passed and you know at the end of this article uh which you can look up if you want to uh, it, it's a tragic article for me because uh, as a pastor and, and um, you know one day maybe you know Danny, you're going to be a, a pastor, you're going to be in ministry, and when you are. You recognize your own shortcomings. Boy, do you recognize them. And and there will be struggles. There will be battles that every pastor faces. And John Piper, I think, recognizes that he is just beating around the bush. And he's just adding a couple more subjective evidences to, to this pastor who's already introspective and just looking at his life and wondering if he's really saved. At the end of this article, John Piper writes, So, in the end, assurance that we belong to God, we are his child, we are in the promises, we are among the elect, is a gift of God. It is a miracle. Unquote. To me, uh, Danny, this is just like punting the football. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you or anybody in our church were to come to me and say, "Phil, how can I know I'm saved?" I'm gonna give them Paul's words: Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. And if they say, "But what about this? Or what about my works? What about this? Y- you know, I've still got a problem with this sin." Or said, "No, no." I don't think you heard me. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Are all those areas of sin, are they issues that we need to deal with? Absolutely. I love, though, what uh, what Dave Anderson has said. On, I don't know, maybe some others have said this too, but we clean our fish after we catch them. <laughs> so if you right now do not know for certain that if you died tonight, you would be in heaven tomorrow, believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You know, uh, at, at the end of this, um, John MacArthur, uh, John uh, not MacArthur, John Piper, he, he uh, writes this to this pastor uh, who is struggling to hope that he would measure up. He writes, uh, concerning his salvation, he says, fight for it. Don't coast. Confirm your calling and election. Fight the good fight of faith. This is war. God does not want his children to fight and fail in war. Unquote. Hmm. So is it possible? Can God's children fight and fail? And if so, prove that they were never his children yeah. in the first place? This is the most, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, So, I just think he ends up undermining assurance. And we're all about assurance by grace. And I want you to know, God's grace is sufficient, okay? Jesus died. He said it was finished. His death is sufficient. He paid the price for your sin. believe in the Lord Jesus. Well, Philip.
0: You know, it strikes me that there may be somebody who's watching us, who's listening here, and they're thinking, "My goodness, if if a Christian leader who's so revered as John Piper can can read the Bible and totally misinterpret what it's saying in respect to this yeah, subject, yeah. how can I how <laughs> can I read it with with any assurity?
1: Yeah, That's that, yeah.
0: my interpretation. How can we read? With assurance oh. that our interpretation is
1: accurate. Well, I, I'm glad, yeah, boy, I'm glad you you asked that. Let me let me just say this: um, a seminary education is not necessarily a benefit. Uh, many people uh, are educated beyond their ability to uh, control all that theology, and uh, any one of us can uh, be so theologically um, uh, blinded. I would. It's like putting blinders on a horse. You've got your blinders on, and so you will read Scripture, and think of it maybe as having Calvinist or Arminian-colored glasses on. And so everything you read looks like that. And sadly... That is something that happens. And in in John Piper's case, I think over 30 years of pastoral ministry, it's become so encrusted that his teachings are so um, contradictory, self-contradictory like this. Like he wants you to have assurance, but then he tells you that you need to do this and this, and there's no way you can have assurance. And and you scratch your head, and he's like, well, I don't get it. I want you to know that if you pick up the Bible, you, anybody, any listener, pick up the Bible and start reading it. Read it as a child. <laughs> or just read it and say, I, I want to understand this. Here, here's what you can do. You're not going to understand everything. I understand that. I don't understand everything. Danny understands more, maybe. <laughs> but you know, we all we all have things we don't understand. But as you read, take a piece of paper and on the left hand side of the piece of paper, draw a line down and just write down observations. So if you start at John 1 1, in the beginning was the word. Just write down the word was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. In the beginning, the word was with God. Write it down. And the word was God. Whoa, the word was God. Okay, now, if you have a question, you say, how could he be with God and be God? Mm -hmm. Write that on the right-hand side. So you're going to have observations here and questions over here. And then keep reading. Don't stop because you have a question that doesn't have an answer. Just keep reading. You know, you've written a novel. What's the title of your novel? Choice of Blades. Choice of Blades, and I've read, started reading it. You know something? I started reading that, and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I mean, we're we're at a, a ranch, mm. I believe, uh, somewhere in rural Texas. You, you, if you want to get Choice of Blades by, and it's not by Danny Woodward, it's by D N Woodward. D N Woodward. <laughs> you can get this online. But as you start reading that, you're going to have questions. If I were reading just the first page of your novel, and I started writing questions, and I said, I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm not reading this. Well, I would miss out on a story that is unfolding as it goes. Now, God's Word is a historical record of Jesus' teachings of the Old Testament Israelites, and God's dealings with them, and all the way to the future, what's coming. So guess what? I don't open it and say, I want to understand everything right now. I keep reading. Read it as a child. If you want to, write down your observations on one side, your questions on the other, and then as you read on, you're going to say, ah, now I know the answer to that question up there. It may take a while. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, th- this, is, this is really great. We've kind of wandered about. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, we just want you to be assured by grace. I want every person listening to be assured of their salvation. And that means that you need to believe on the Lord Jesus. Now, we've talked today about warring against sin. That's something that every believer should do. Uh, We've talked about having a relationship with God that is like a father, a daddy that we love and we hold on to like a little child. Well, that's a wonderful thing. But brothers and sisters, when you and I falter, and you and I will, that doesn't mean that we never believe. It doesn't mean we were never born. Every child has gone through some rebellion with a dad or a mom. It doesn't mean they weren't a child. It means they were just growing. So keep on growing. Thank you.